0: Hello and welcome to MavGeeks, a military aircraft obsession with myself Alex Gill and Ginny Carlin and this week we're all a bit tongue-in-cheek for Halloween as we go spooky for this episode. Welcome to MavGeeks. (laughs) So Ginny, here we are. It's a, a Mav Geek special, the first of one of our specials, and I'm so pleased that our little podcast has got to the point where we're doing specials, <laughs> which is just pretty cool in itself. But uh, we're here for our Halloween special, which uh, I'm really looking forward to because uh, I think everyone, even if you're not particularly either into Halloween or uh, a believer in, in ghosts, everyone loves a ghost story. They're just they're just cool and they're quite fun, aren't they?
1: They do. Uh, it always makes me laugh this time of year as well, Al, that you go to any shop and there's loads of stock for people buying stuff for kids who come in trick-or-treating and i just think when yep. i was a kid we didn't call it trick or treat. we just used to call it going out scaring or something like that oh, and really? then the people never gave you any chocolate or anything you just went and like banged on the door and ran off or something stupid mm-hmm. with a i think i once wore a bin liner because mum couldn't be bothered <laughs> to make me a, an outfit but you see all these like amazing like oh look at these lovely lollies and chocolate for the kids and everything I think, oh, I'm not being funny. Any kid that comes round to my house, Al, they're very lucky to get a Smartie each. I don't even mean a packet <laughs> of Smarties. And they're extremely lucky if I haven't licked said Smarties before they get handed over. Uh, but there we are. Smarties go a weird sort of
0: greyish colour when all the colours come out of them when you've licked them. I do, That's a bit... Uh, that's not very nice. Yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so uh, I'm very much looking forward to our Halloween special, as you were saying. Uh, I don't quite know if I'm a... I don't quite know if I'm a sceptic or I don't quite know what I think, but all I do know is there are a lot of very, very spooky stories out there concerning aviation, airfields yeah. and some aircraft as well. That, And not just from like, oh, some crazy person's just got on an easy jet flight and, uh, you know, the, the tray came down in front of them on its own and then floated back up again. Not, not stuff like that, <laughs> you know, to Malaga, but r- people who you know have kind of got a level head on their shoulders are saying this and are reporting things back, which makes it a bit creepy. But anyway, we'll come to that in a minute. Al, what's been going on at Bry's for you?
0: Well, Bryce, Bryce is always busy, but we had a, a pretty interesting visitor uh, this week actually, which was uh, a Boeing 747, which I know is one of your favourite aircraft ever. Beautiful,
1: Qu- Queen of the Skies. Queen of the
0: Skies, exactly. Um, and I know we were pretty sad when the uh, British Airways 747s went uh, out of service, and so I was quite pleased to see a 747 here. I actually had someone very interesting on board, the King of Bahrain's 747 landed at Bryce, and I, I literally I saw it earlier today out on the tarmac when I was, was out on the airfield, and, and it's, it's always cool when you see visiting aircraft that aren't normally around and they just sort of parked it up in the middle on one of the bays and it's just sat there but loads of people were out honestly the 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 fence on the, the end of the runway where it landed was full of people with cameras honestly it was huge
1: oh my life can you imagine owning your own 747
0: I can't. Bruce Dickinson can because he has one. <laughs> I don't know any other people who own a seven four seven. Does he
1: have his own?
0: Well, they have. They have their Iron Maiden one, don't they? Oh, I see.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and of course, John John Travolta had a seven zero seven. I think, didn't he? Did he? I, know I didn't still, know that. still got it, yeah. Is it yeah, called Grease
0: sure Lightning? It must be. It must be something like it, that. Surely. Well,
1: <laughs> you know, his he, uh, uh, sadly, his son died, but his son was called Jet, wasn't he? He um,
0: was, yeah. Named, yeah.
1: Uh, you know, after uh, I think after John Travolta's Passion, I suppose. Really, I was going to say Obsession, but Passion is <laughs> probably a, a nicer word. Uh-huh. Yeah, just thinking. I wonder if it's all like kitted up with gold taps and stuff inside. You know, the, I the King that. of Bahrain.
0: I wonder what's inside. We've we've kind of seen the pictures of inside Air Force One. We kind of know what our Vespina looks like inside, and it's it's very lovely, but it's not like what you'd imagine a king would system. I I, I when he said the King of Bahrains coming this seven four seven, I was like ooh, I wonder if there's like a golden throne or golden taps or, or something <laughs> inside there. It makes you wonder, doesn't it?
1: Still hits turbulence, though, like every other plane, I imagine. Well,
0: exactly. It's got to be safe uh, as, as a number one priority before you get any any gold taps on the... Uh, in the and frankly, the toilets are so small in an aircraft that <laughs> you don't really have any room for gold taps, surely. Do
1: you know, as we were just chatting then, I thought to myself, can you remember Elvis Presley had his own plane as well?
0: I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, I'm
1: sure if you, I'm sure it's at Graceland. If you if you go there uh, and you can see around it, I was just thinking about the gold taps. Yeah, and um, I had to Google it just as we're talking. He, I think he had two. He had a Convair eight eighty, it says here, and a Lockheed Jet Star.
0: Lockheed Jet Star, not a, a tristar.
1: Uh, no, but a, a man with impeccable taste. I think you'll find there, and each of them done out just beautifully inside. Uh, can you imagine the amount of fame and money? the level you would have to be at to be able to go yeah do you know what just get me a 747 kit out as the swimming pool <laughs>
0: mm. yeah i would do that that sounds like a good <laughs> quite a fun thing to do actually doesn't it
1: <laughs> now this week Al, i have been to see the guys at the south yorkshire aircraft museum which is on the old uh, RAF Doncaster and it was amazing you know uh, we both like a good air museum and a good air show don't we
0: yeah 100 percent.
1: so uh the guys at the south yorkshire aircraft museum I'm, I'm trying to get the title right because obviously the yorkshire air museum is the one at elvington but the south yorkshire one is it's a whole lot smaller when i say it's a whole lot smaller they've got loads and loads of aircraft al i saw our air Maki last week
0: ah cool i was wondering if you were going to get a chance to actually see one up close that's awesome did it did, did you like it
1: yeah, and they'd painted it in the Argentine Air Force colours of the time. Uh, the guys who run the place, the volunteers, as every volunteer, so much passion, so much commitment, and dedication. Take my hat off to them. But there was all different stuff. There was they were doing up a buccaneer cockpit when I got there. I was like, oh hello. Mm. And uh, what else did they have? They had loads of helicopters. Um, they had the Antarctic Survey helicopter as well. Uh, they also had and. Me and Alan Beatty, who's the guy who's a the trustee there. Honestly, Al, we were like, you know, you do that whole thing of like, oh, you you like planes, dear. Well, let's see if you know <laughs> what this is. And you sort of, you don't say it out loud, but you have a bit of a geek-off. Yeah. Oh, there were some geek-offs going on there. And, Good. and, he, and he showed me the, they've got a de Havilland vampire. And oh, I love
0: l- the vampire. It's honestly, so cool.
1: I mean, we might have to use this on another episode of Mav Geeks. but I actually said to him, we were talking about this on our podcast last week. It looks spacey. It it's does from like 1957 or something yes. like that. It looks spacey, uh, amazing, beautiful aircraft. I was like, oh, it's I the like t- it's
0: this. the twin tail bit, right? There's just yeah. like, and then the dough. I always think the canopy looks just a bit UFO. Like it's a co- it's a weird looking aircraft, but it's very. It cool.
1: is, and it's based upon the old Devlin Mosquito from the Second World War. So mm. the front basically looks like that, and it's wooden like the Mosquito was. But because it was a jet plane, the back isn't wood.
0: So it's like two plane. It's like half half of one plane and half of another.
1: <laughs> it's It was just incredible but beautiful to see. So uh, another thing that was incredible there, they've just got a bit of a thing for Canberras and there's no bad thing in that because I love a Canberra as well. Mm. Uh, they've got like a, you kind of go up to it and it it looks like a stable. It's like a stable of Canberra cockpits all in a line. I've took some photos, Al. Uh, we'll put them up for people to see on the podcast as well just incredible um all different canberras different like specifics and and stuff uh, a really good place to go and of course lots of haunty things go off there allegedly as well
0: and uh, when you were finding out about the haunty things were you <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: scared swayed skeptic like what was your what was your reaction
1: uh... Well, I think the South Yorkshire Air Museum. It was the middle of the day. I mean, it was pounded it down with rain.
0: It's good for but a ghost story.
1: Yeah, definitely. It was waiting for the thunder and lightning, but every and there were the old hangars. Uh, but you go in and they're freezing, concrete floors, really, yeah. really cold. So that adds to it. There's that, that that old aircraft smell, which we love, but also there's a lot of history with these aircraft, and you go in, it's cold. You know, it's always a bit oh, and you can almost in your mind, kind of see what would have gone on. And one of the things was that we were, I was talking about with some of the volunteers there was that actually people, they always go, oh yeah, I've seen somebody in engineer's clothing or I've seen somebody as a pilot out the corner of my eye. They never see like a dinner lady or a ballerina, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you wouldn't put that in that place. But they always so, so I oh, don't that's know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So is it all connected with what you think you see because you're in a place? But maybe I've got some amazing stories from some of the people there who aren't like, oh my gosh, this is so true. I saw a ghost. But I like saying <laughs> this happened and I can't really explain it. Also got some amazing stories from a friend of mine in the RAF and a real level-headed guy as well who was like, yeah, this happened and. Everybody was like, you know, this is a bit spooky. So, some nice stuff coming up, and of course, mm. we're going to be looking at the L ten eleven Tristar. That, oh, what a story! What well, an absolute story!
0: I was going to say, I, I know you love the Tristar, and um, we've spoken about this extensively on the podcast. But I mean, this story has it made you that we'll tell you now. Has it? Has it? made you love it a bit less is that no no even more possibly so i mean so the story about the tristar is is pretty incredible actually so there was uh, this was back in the 70s and when i remember you told me this i kind of blew my mind what happened so it, it crashed in the everglades quite a few people died but not everyone a few people survived but the most bizarre thing was that I don't think this would ever happen today, but not all of the aircraft was ruined, and they salvaged some bits that were completely serviceable and usable, and just used them elsewhere. They put them back on the onto the the pro- production line of the the L ten elevens, and then they got made into other aircraft, and new aircraft, which then. When flying about, and I just thought to myself, if you knew you were getting on, if you were getting an easy jet over to Barcelona, and you knew you were on a on a on a plane that had bits of old other plane that had crashed, it would give you the willies, right? A bit of a shiver would go through you if you knew that.
1: Yeah, I think as well that it wasn't just like the galley like the sections of it but it was the equipment as well you know it was yeah. like the stuff like kettles and bits and pieces that they reused and i mean why wouldn't you reuse it in a way i mean it's a bit ghoulish i think but why it wouldn't is. you
0: so you know luckily some people survived it's a pretty horrific crash many of the passengers were killed but but some did survive and they had a pretty long wait for rescue given where they were you know it's not an easy oh place God. to get to but especially in the 70s
1: oh yeah and and you know alligator alley in the everglades yeah you, you know what I mean? It, you don't want to crash was, there.
0: You don't want to crash anywhere, but you don't want you to don't crash in an to... alligator farm. But then people, this is the weird stuff, right? So people then started reporting that they were like seeing things on the new aircraft that bits of the old aircraft had been put in. That's strange, right?
1: Yeah, and I mean, you're looking at that the golden days of aviation when you had a, a pilot, a co-pilot and a, and a flight engineer as well. So three guys in the cockpit. And from what I was reading about this, Al, People were saying that they were starting to see the flight engineer, a guy called Don Repo, um, who w- would appear. I think as well the story about th- this, Al, is that it wasn't just one person that came back and went, oh, I think I've seen something ghostly. There were loads of people and apparently the flight logs, it was coming back so much on the flight logs that, that pilots had seen stuff and cabin crew had seen stuff that the, the hierarchy in Eastern Airways they couldn't ignore it anymore. And they were just a bit like, anybody who talks about it is, you know, the pilots are going to go to the psychiatrist. Um, so people didn't want to talk about it after a while, but the sheer amount of people, so it wasn't just one or two, there were lots of people. And that that kind of blows my mind. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: So I'm reasonably sceptical so, about stuff, but then it's when you start hearing corroborating stories about stuff, it kind of makes you go, well, you know, if lots of people are saying it, it must be true. And it kind of makes you rethink your own position on, on bits, doesn't it?
1: I'm just going to read to you from an article online about a uh, one of the Tri Stars that had some of the parts fitted onto it from from Flight 401. It says here, one such aircraft was N31ATA, and as the weeks and months passed, strange goings on began to occur. The TriStar was boarding for its flight down to Miami. Travelling that morning was one of the airline's vice presidents as a VIP passenger. He was allowed onto the aircraft first and made his way to the first class cabin. As he moved towards his seat, he noticed a company captain in full uniform and went over for a chat. During the ensuing conversation, he suddenly realised he was speaking to Bob Loft. Now, Bob Loft was the pilot.
0: That's weird. That's very strange. Uh,
1: The the apparition quickly disappeared and the vice president rushed off to find a crew member, terrified that it could be an omen that something would happen to the plane. The search of the plane was carried out. Yeah, you're not going to find Bob Loft on that plane, are you? Uh, Before any other passengers boarded, but there was no sign of the mystery captain. A few months later back at JFK, a crew boarding the same aircraft were surprised to see Loft already sat in the flight deck. They apparently chatted to the ghost, not realising who he was, (laughs) before he vanished right before their eyes. The flight was later cancelled as the crew were too shaken to operate.
0: Casual conversation with a ghost sat, sat in your seat.
1: I know. Uh, keeping it warm or cold. <laughs> uh, listen to this one though. Uh, on the L-1011, flight engineers would usually arrive at the aircraft before the other crew to carry out their pre-flight checks. This particular day, a flight engineer was stunned to see an Eastern 2nd officer already sat in his seat. He immediately recognised him as Don Repo, that's the flight engineer, and the operation said to him, you don't need to worry about the pre-flight, I've already done it. <laughs> that's the sort of ghost you want, isn't it? You know, like for us, you you don't have to worry about your show prep. I've already done it. (laughs) Thank you so much. Studio
0: set up for you. It's all good to go. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But there's, there's, uh, there's loads of them. Right. I'm going to have to read you another one, Al, if that's all right. Some weeks later, another captain was checking the instruments before a flight from Miami to Atlanta. Staring him right in the face was the unmistakable outline of Repo's face. The captain claimed he distinctly heard the words... There will never be another crash on an L ten eleven. We won't. We will never let it happen. During a flight from Atlanta to Miami, on board uh, the flight deck crew were enjoying their meal as they cruised at thirty nine thousand feet. Suddenly, there was a loud knocking noise from the hell hole, which is obviously that's the bit down by the uh, where they put the landing gear down, isn't it? Uh, By now, the ghosty stories have been circulating around the company. And the crew were reluctant to look. Yeah, I would be too. We're thirty eight thousand feet. There's a terrible noise coming, but there might be a ghost down there. I ain't looking, out. <laughs> you're going. Uh, but the knocking continued, and as the flight engineer opened the hatch, he was horrified to see the face of Repo staring back at him. Terrifyingly, this was where the engineer had been when Flight four oh one had crashed. Oh my god. Uh, it's
0: just it's creeping me out now. Like I like I said before, I'm just I'm not always into this stuff, but then something kind of clicks, right? And it, it makes you start going, oh, that's just creepy. Uh,
1: but I find it, like I say, just incredible. So Frank Borman, who was an Apollo astronaut, I think he was, was, I think he ended up being the chairman of Eastern Airways. He was like having none of it, poo-pooing it completely. You know, th- there's nothing there. People are just hysterical. Yeah. But when there's so many people, and unfortunately, it was a really kind of quite a sexist time, wasn't it? But if a pilot's saying that, a male pilot as well, they're going to believe that. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No, I do do know what you mean. And I think... It, it was one of those times, actually, as well, where where people you, you, you believe you believe when people say this kind of stuff because actually, you know, science wasn't as advanced as it was now back then, and there were less ways to potentially measure ghosts <laughs> if that's the thing now that we can do. So you kind of had to rely on what people people said, and I think, yeah. Oh
1: my gosh, I need to read you this bit, this last bit, Al. Okay, one incident changed everything. Flight nine hundred three taken off from JFK en route to Mexico City. Uh, One of the stewardesses was in the galley preparing the meals for the passengers. As she reached for the handle of the oven door, she was horrified to see the face of Don Repo looking back at her. Not want to panic. What? There's a bloke's face looking at, at me. I'm pretty sure he's a dead flight engineer, but I'm not going to panic. Uh, she briskly went to get another stewardess and the aircraft's engineer to come and take a look. Sure enough, when they returned, Repo's face still stared out from, at them from the oven. Although now it looked like he was trying to say something. Suddenly, all three clearly heard the apparition mutter the words, watch out for fire on this plane. The flight reached Mexico City safely, but on the return leg, problems began with the starboard engine. After an inspection, the aircraft was cleared for takeoff, but as the plane climbed, the engine failed and backfired several times. It was quickly shut down before it caught fire. Look at that. (sighs) Don that's, Repo and his oven visions. That's weird. I, I love it. I love it.
0: I'll tell you what, if you're listening and you're not already ridiculously creeped out, then just wait because Ginny's got more ghost stories on <laughs> Oh the my way. gosh.
1: <laughs> oh my life. Can I just finish that story by saying that, you know, sometimes when you go down a rabbit hole on the internet. Yeah. So I was looking at that story. I went down a rabbit hole and I was looking at all these like discussion groups and discussion boards and everything. And there were people saying, yeah, my dad used to work on Eastern Airways at that time. He said it was an absolutely true story. Somebody else said that, like my mum saw it. And somebody else said, "Um, I worked with Don Repo's daughter. That's strange. She said, it's absolutely my dad so oh, don't say I that know, no. i know oh. i know i know i know but anyway we'll leave the l1011 tri store there but also if you go to youtube you can see there's a really old film of it with ernest borgnine and a very young kim Basinger in there as well um but uh is yeah. there oh, I, don't, gosh, I don't know yeah. if i want to watch
0: that I, oh. yeah it was, made,
1: it was made like in the early 80s Al. it ain't that scary <laughs> to be <fair>. oh, no.
0: <laughs> the effects aren't that great it ain't six
1: cents if you know what i'm saying but yeah lo- lots of different stories. So when I was at the South Yorkshire Air Museum, uh, it's one of those places, Al, where they have lots of people coming in to do like the paranormal groups and, oh, let's have a little walk around and see what we can find. And uh, the group obviously get paid for this. So they're going to take the money because they need the money to, to be able to run the South uh, Yorkshire Aircraft Museum. I absolutely don't blame them. They have loads. They said that they, they would have more if they had enough time. You know what I mean? There's just mm. always somebody wanting to do a ghost hunt there. But Alan Beatty, a marvellous Yorkshire guy, I can actually say that as a Derbyshire person, was, uh, was just a delight to speak to. Uh, and I asked him if he'd seen anything that went bump in the night, and he told me this.
2: I've had a, a very strange experience. One night when they were packing, it was a ghost hunt thing, they were packing up and the, the visitors had gone, and then there was just a team left. Uh, in the thing, do have a short debrief, and I'm looking at the CCTV cameras, and there's somebody wandering around the hangar. It's infrared stuff, so what you've got is a white figure. You, there's no colour; it's mm. just a white on the greenish colour. So I, I asked them, and says, "Is one of your lots still in there?" He says, "No, we're all, we're all here." So I says, well, just come and have a look at this, and there's somebody walking round mm. past the Falklands display. You can see the sort of white arms, legs, and body sort of thing quite clearly yeah. marching, walking round. Yeah. So I says, oh, says, you, you've three big lads there, you know, this is, I'm sort of approaching... Ancient. uh, Approaching 40, uh, I think. Yeah, well, that's something like that. But these were much younger and bigger than me. So I said, Well, will you lads come with me and we can have a a look? So the lads came with us. The the ladies stood at the shop door Mm. looking at which overlooks the hangar and they watched. We came in with torches and One of them shouted out, you know, show yourself, uh, explain to us before the police get here, etc. And that we walked all the way up, as you've seen, there's several different passageways up the hangar. So we split and walked to the end, nothing, walked back. And then when we looked, we said, nope, there's nobody there. So a couple of the lads went and had a look round the outside. Uh, The other two came with me while we locked up all the rest of the buildings. And from, from there, we then went back into the shop and says, said, right, let's have a look. And so we followed it Says, said, yeah, there he is. <gasps> We've seen so that it beforehand and says, oh, look, there's the torches. There's us coming in. And w- as we walked up and then this figure went round and out the door. But the ladies were stood there looking at the door oh, and they saw life. nothing. So we, had, we played it back a couple of times. I says, yeah, that's yeah, there. So they've come out, nothing there so anyway site was secure so off they went next morning I sort of said oh come come have a look at this went to play it back and nothing nothing <gasps> nothing there's us with the torches coming in the door walking around nothing nothing else so shut up so, that so, is it, mad it, yeah because I, I don't know how to extract the time and yeah. set and save it but obviously it keeps it for so many days uh, but what was on The previous night wound back and played, wound back and played, wound back and played, wasn't there the next day. (gasps) Although it it quite clearly showed the timeline when we were looking and then when we came in on that but the white figure wasn't on it. The dude wasn't walking before or after. That's that's the most unexplained thing I've seen.
0: So this is creeping me out more now because that was someone that they saw, but then when they looked back on the tapes, he wasn't. They weren't there. That's just really creepy, right? I mean,
1: is that a ghost that wants to be part of the ghost hunt but doesn't want to pay?
0: <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah, you know maybe. What I mean? uh, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I tell you what. The, the the eeriest bit for me is when the women were stood in the door and they saw it. It, it had gone straight past the women, but yeah. obviously the women hadn't seen it. That for me but is like his that's head was really
0: screwed creepy. on, right? He was. He was. Totally oh, yeah. normal you know a
1: Yorkshire man yeah. yeah
0: very straight talking so yeah it's when those kind of people tell these stories that's what makes you think isn't it it's when the, the people who are pretty sound actually then go no, nah, this is this is what I saw
1: yeah no no definitely and I think it's a, it's almost like a bit matter of fact with it as well yeah I mean one of the volunteers there called Tracy and absolutely lovely lady well i was speaking to her and i said have you seen anything a bit weird and she said well not really it's more of a feeling oh there was this
3: other time and then she told me this there was a gentleman who came to visit it was cold winter always cold here in winter it's freezing normal very quiet in the week there was me uh, i think who was in with me nipped off somewhere so the gentleman came in and i explained it was cold etc blah blah when he returned he was asking about volunteers and praising us, saying how well, you know, the volunteers yeah, yeah. Uh, do and, you know, weren't they dedicated? The two guys working on the helicopter in the, the hangar, I said, there's nobody else here, sweetheart. And he made me come in the hangar and look, and there's nobody there. You see, that makes me go, oh, <laughs> that makes me get a bit goosey, yeah, you know. We're in blue overalls working on the road ahead yeah yeah I the thing is yes, if there are yeah. ghosts here why can't they not
1: use a mop on a brush yeah yeah Get the cobwebs from. while they're up yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah yeah and the dog we used to have the lancaster tail section in oh, the bottom yes. yeah. Yeah. left-hand corner and he always, always goes round and he's always sort of sniffing. and goes right into the corner sort of thing and then sort of backs out. And other than that, it's it's things like when we used to do the Christmas event and we were like decorating. It was before we we had the early aviation room and it was a sunken floor Orange, room.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. And it's just more like shadows, you feel. You know, it's like, I mean, the rooms are very cold anyway, so I don't think you'd notice a drop in temperature. no, no. no. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a sense. You just sort of... But you, your logic kind of goes, oh, it's just a reflection in one mm. of the cabinets, or it's something like that.
1: But uh, yeah. So when people say stuff like that to you, Al, you just think, who were who those guys in the overalls? I don't know.
0: I th- there's two parts of my head here, right? There's the part that goes, oh, maybe they were just there uh, working, or maybe they it was a, it was a trick of the mind or or something. But then you just hear the sincerity of the people telling the story, and you think they also know that your mind can play tricks on you so surely they've thought about that and I, they still believe it they still believe it's something they saw so
1: yeah and also we're getting into the whole you know in the words of martin mcfly this is heavy this is really <laughs> this is, heavy uh, yeah. uh, um I, I mean i don't I, I don't know how far down this rabbit hole we're going because we're mav geeks you know we're not
0: we're not ghost we're not hunters gav, yep. we're not gav geeks <laughs> Yeah, that's a whole um, other podcast
1: <laughs> that is a whole other gav geeks and mav geeks definitely but does that mean, like, the helicopter was haunted? Or does it just mean or was it that the, they were the place?
0: Yeah, like- so is it... Well, this is what I was wondering about the, the TriStar as well. Is it... Was it the the bit that were haunted? Was it the airline that was haunted? Was it the stuff that got moved over from the old one into the new one, I guess? Or... Because, you know, the people say that buildings are haunted, right? And buildings are static. Yeah. They stay in the same place. So you kind of imagine yeah. that ghosts kind of just dwell in a place where they maybe met their met their maker, you know. But aircraft move around. So it kind of adds yeah. a whole other dimension to the idea of a, an aircraft being haunted.
1: No, absolutely. Um, but the bit as well that Tracy was talking about with their dog and that they had the Lancaster tail and the dog wouldn't go yeah. near the Lancaster tail. And you think, well... That's very strange it is strange and actually i wonder if places and things like take on emotions and you know you know what i mean i just yeah i don't know I'm, I'm turning into Derek cora now <laughs> and i don't want to uh but but this is it's certainly a a, a strange thing and for more than one person to have seen it <laughs> you I do. Need to be careful at Brys. Just... That, that doesn't happen I mean, to you there
0: are so many old buildings at rise this is the thing you know it's, even if you don't believe in ghosts build it old buildings especially buildings from um, the war, uh, and there are many, many old disused airfields around here, uh, and many of the buildings from Brise are that old as well. They, you, can, you can feel that they've got history, whether or not you think yeah. there's a ghost hanging out there or not, there's, that's not necessarily part of it you just you can feel the history when you walk in you can tell that this place has been lived and worked in uh you know I mean, well but we were up in um you know when we were in gibraltar we'd go up to those uh like o'hara's battery you know those big old battery oh, guns yeah. and those like old kind of wartime giant guns you just you felt that people had used this thing and you know worked here and lived yeah. here and you felt that they were there even though they were only there a lo- they were there a long time ago but
1: oh were they well
0: <laughs> maybe <laughs> who
1: knows who knows so i want to play you something by a lovely friend of mine squadron leader tony ashworth aka ashes a very level-headed Derbyshire man. I asked him a few years ago about if he'd had any experiences just because we were doing something for Halloween for BFBS and he said, oh, I've had a few. I was like, what? couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? I thought he was going to laugh and scoff and go, oh, yeah. Ooh, I would say a bag of Monster Munch, that sort of thing. (laughs) He was telling me about when, when he was a young airman working at RAF Cottesmore Listen to this Al.
4: The story goes back to about the 1950s where somebody was, uh, I think a chief technician, was cycling back home to Thistleton around the, the Ring Road and had cycled inadvertently into a, an aircraft and, and had died overnight, and they found him the following morning. So um, we got a new girl called Paula in. You could imagine what was going off. There was uh, one night, we used to work evening shifts, finishing about midnight, uh, and this particular night the the mist started to come in across the airfield uh, one of the guys said let's let's wind paula up i got put on an old bicycle with a um, with an old great coat and a chip hat and t- got told to go down to this this particular area and cycle around and they were going to send paula out on a, an airfield inspection and she came out obviously uh, quite, quite late on at night i think it's probably about half past 10. she obviously saw me stopped the land rover reversed it very very quickly down the taxiway and, and got back to the tower so i thought my, my job was was done at that point turned around and just at the other side of the what we used to call the detuners this is kendrew barracks now uh, saw an, another figure on a bicycle just nip round the corner of the de- de- detuners so by the time i got back to the tower we all had a, a bit of a laugh about it and i did say to them okay who was the second person out there then who was on the bike and, and my sergeant at the time said it was on you mate and i was like well hang on a minute there was there was definitely somebody else out there So
0: what I love about that was that even to this day, it could have actually still been a complete joke, but yeah. it will never know either way because he completely played it so straight that he never found out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. What would you I, think? I,
0: if that was you what, would you, what would you think?
1: I think I would think, yeah, thanks very much, mate. You're really funny. But then I think <laughs> I would also be of the opinion that, if there was nobody else around, and if you, like, you and me, Al, we know each other well enough, to, like, if we're playing a joke on each other to go, you know, to keep a straight face, or, you know, you know you know if I'm going to laugh or not, or, yeah. oh, no, Al, it's true, it's true, it's true, whatever, you, you know me well enough, and I think maybe has knew him, I don't know, I don't know, yeah. I mean.
0: I'm rubbish at that, I can't keep a straight face. If I'm playing no, a joke on someone, I'm terrible, I'd crack <laughs> every time. no, no poker face, <laughs> no, I don't, neither I do don't. I,
1: neither do I. <laughs> so many spooky stories about places and many of them are based around aviation
0: so i'll be honest Jin. this has freaked me out a little bit more than i expected it to i came into this we're ready to record our episode and i was i was quite like had my head screwed on i was like no i'm I'm, none of this is going to phase me i'm pretty skeptical about this stuff and then actually hearing the stories hearing that you know the, the stories that we've we've from the people you've spoken to and the one about the TriStar and it all is kind of building up in my head now and I think I just need to go and probably have a bit of a cup of tea and I think if I'm honest and chill out.
1: No, I know just what you mean. I think we absolutely as well need to get back to the aircraft for our next month Geeks which will be coming up sooner than people think uh, but we'll be definitely leaving the spooky stuff behind but hopefully this Halloween has given you something. Hmm, a little otherworldly to ponder. Listen, if you want to get in touch with us, maybe tell us a ghost story, maybe go, guys, you're a couple of fools and this is so obviously what happened. We would love to hear from you, madge at bfbs.com. Happy Halloween. And then can I go <laughs> <laughs>